Is Seattle Mariners prospect Jonathan Clace this year's Jackson Cheerio? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and this is your episode. All questions on a Mailbag Monday come from listeners of the show. If you have a question for us, tons of ways to reach us, but the best one is our new subtext account. You can chat directly with me, get access to our rankings, MLB draft updates, as well as text message alerts when prospects get called up from the minors or promoted to a different level of the minors. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. First question came from Ryan Ricotta on Twitter and hilarious name, I know, but the question is Seattle Mariners outfielder Jonathan Clace this year's Jackson Churio? And what I'm assuming he's referring to is Jackson Churio going into 2022 as a fringe top 10 organizational prospect and leaving 2022 as not only the number one prospect in the system, but a top 25 or 20 or 15 prospect in all of baseball. You may remember... Jackson Churio started off the year in low A, and he finished in double A, his age 18 year. So he goes low A Carolina, high A Wisconsin, and finishes in Biloxi, and he's back there in double A Biloxi this year. So the story on Jonathan Clace, 2018 IFA by the Mariners. Uh, now, he didn't get a ton of, uh, of time his first couple years, and it's a combination of he had like a hamstring strain. Obviously, everybody lost 2020. He had a quad strain, and some of those injuries repeated. And so he got a a fantastic rookie ball campaign in 2019 at age 17. Batted 300, 434, 444 over 60-something games with like 21 extra base hits and 31 steals. But then lost 2020. 2021, he only got about 14 games and then spent all of last year in low A Modesto with the Nuts. Uh, Shout out Anthony. 107 games last year in low A. And Jonathan Clace goes 267, 373, 463. 13 home runs, 46 extra base hits. 11 of those were triples. So, amazing speed. 65 walks to 133 strikeouts and 55 at 65 on stolen bases. This year, he started off the year in high A Everett with the Aqua Sox and did so well in the first month of the season, they moved him to double A Arkansas. So I know it's a lot of stats here. High A, 21 games this year for Jonathan Clace. 333, 453, 701. We talk about that 300, 400, 500 slash line. Here's a 300, 400, 700 slash line. Seven home runs. 17 extra base hits, 18 walks to 28 strikeouts, 17 to 21 on stolen bases. So he averaged a stolen base attempt a game 
and got most of the, got most of those. He also struck out more than once a game. So they bump him up to Double A Arkansas, and Jonathan Clayson, Double A Arkansas, in his 37 games there, 208, 322, 451, nine home runs, 16 extra base hits, 23 walks to 59 strikeouts, 24, 29 on stolen bases, and I I agree with the premise of the question from from Ryan, where Jonathan Clayson is the prospect that could shoot through the minor league system this year. I think the big difference between Jackson Churio and Jonathan Clace, and this is Churio's 22 to Clace's 23, is, well, there's a few. So one, physically, they're kind of different players. They're both fast players. I mean, uh, Clace is a legitimate 70 grade on the speed. Churio is, I'd say, probably a 70 grade on the speed. But physically, they are different. Clays is 5'9", 150. Churio is like 6'1", 175. And I think the big difference materializes in their power. Uh, I've got Churio as a plus hit tool, but probably a 70-grade uh, hit uh, power tool. And it's something where he gets, like, for, for being a younger player with, like, a, a, a leaner frame, he's not one of those big, overly muscular guys. He gets really good uh, exit velocities, really good um, carry, especially hitting the ball out to right center, things like that. And he's probably a legitimate 30 home run threat at the next level. I think uh, with Clace, his power ceiling isn't nearly as high. Uh, I'd probably put him somewhere around a 50 to a 55. He hit 13 home runs in 107 games in Modesto last year. Now, obviously, I mean, that was, there is some physical development left, but he's also 20 years old. He was doing this older than Jackson Churio, and yet the power production, I just, I don't think he has the same power ceiling as Jackson Churio. But the bigger deal to me is the quality of the hit tool. So when you look at Churio last year, uh, it's, I mean, 62 games in low A Carolina, he strikes out 76 times. Uh, He gets better with the hit tool as he moves up. He goes to high A Wisconsin, he strikes out 31 times in 31 games. And then this year, Jackson Churio in 58 games in Arkansas, 255, 309, 418, nine home runs, 21 extra base hits, 17 walks to 62 strikeouts, 19 to 21 on stolen bases. So just over one strikeout a game for Jackson Churio. Jonathan Clace, meanwhile, is striking out a lot more than that. 133 times in 107 games in Modesto, and then this year in high A, 18 walks to 28 strikeouts in 21 games, and in in double A Arkansas, 23 walks to 59 strikeouts in 37 games. I think ultimately, the ceiling of the hit tool isn't as high for Clace, and the power isn't as high for Clace. So offensively, he's a little bit, he's a tier below Jackson Churio. Uh, as of Friday, Clace was putting up a 30.5% strikeout rate in the minors and a 14.5% walk rate for the year. So uh, just a little bit too high, and some of that is he's very, very aggressive at the plate. Uh, and specifically, 
because of that, he can get got by really good sequencing between fastballs and off-speed pitches. So whether it's pitching him backwards, whether it's getting him to set up fastball and then just slipping in a changeup past him, he's really susceptible to things like that. And so he's got, I mean, he he doesn't make a ton of adjustments or an at-bat or during a game. He takes uh, 100% effort swings every single at-bat. So he's got a lot of work to do to optimize uh, his his offensive game to get the most out of his probably average power ceiling because the raw power is average to above average. You just say it with me every day. Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. And he's a guy that the hit tool right now looks like it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be below average unless he can work on the aggressiveness and the pitch recognition for anything that's not a fastball. That's why I like him being in Arkansas because he needs to face those better pitchers in AA who can execute the off-speeds and the breaking pitches on the black so he can learn uh, how to recognize those and lay off. In just a minute, we've got a question about the Twins potentially coaching their prospects wrong when it comes to plate discipline. And we'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green checkmark to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports... Confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Okay, back with our Mailbag Monday. Remember, if you have questions for the show, best way to get them to us is by joining our subtext. Links in the episode description. So Ryan's other question he had, and this is in reference to the Emmanuel Rodriguez show when we did, where we talked about how he almost never swings the bat, is the whole concept of like taking pitches to the extreme. Is that an organizational philosophy of the Twins? And he cites Emmanuel Rodriguez, and he also cites Edward Julian, who has one of the best eyes, as far as batter's eyes, in the minors, but because of that, can sometimes get got on a borderline pitch and take a strike three and get punched out. And I think it's a little bit of an overcorrection to, so back up. I think fundamentally the concept of taking more pitches and seeing more pitches per at-bat is something the Twins are teaching, yes. And I think a big part of it, a big part of the issue here is it's a little bit of an overreaction to the futility at the plate of the major league team. And by futility, I specifically mean with strikeouts. So as of Sunday morning, before the Sunday's games happen, the Twins lead all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts with 728. The next closest team is the Oakland A's with 683. And for context, the average number of strikeouts in MLB is 607. And I know you're saying, well, some teams have played more games than others. That's fine. Strikeout percentage, the Twins also lead Major League Baseball. They strike out 27.2% of the time, 
Milwaukee is second place at 25.7. MLB average is 22%. So the Twins at the major league level strike out more than anybody else in baseball. And so we've seen in the last couple of years, the Twins have overhauled a lot of their, their hitting at the major league level and their hitting development staff in the minors. And I think that, yes, they are trying to emphasize pitch recognition. They are trying to emphasize uh, pitches per at-bat because you can knock a starter out of the game earlier, force a team to get into their bullpen, and that's a winning strategy over the course of a series. But I do think some of this is a little bit, and I don't know if it's from the, the, the staff, from the players, where it's coming from, but I do think there is a little bit of an overreaction to the struggles at the major league level of making contact. Now, I'm, the joke here is that this is all Joey Gallo's fault because Joey Gallo is now on the Twins and he's known for three true outcomes and nothing else. So that's the joke here. But it is something when you trade away a guy like a Luisa Rice uh, and then you're promoting a lot of prospects with uh, big power potential. You bring in a guy like a Joey Gallo, who's a big home run and strikeout guy. You promote a guy like a Matt Walner, who's a big home run and strikeout guy. This is going to kind of be the side effect. But I do think that they are teaching this, but it's gone a little bit overboard with some of these players. And Emmanuel Rodriguez specifically, I think his issue is he spent long enough in the lower minors where you were, in essence, rewarded for being passive at the plate because too many of those pitchers could not throw a strike. Whereas now, there, he, he is at a level where these pitchers can execute. And so because they can execute, he, is, he has not adjusted yet to, I need to swing more often. He gets into uh, pitchers' counts, dis disadvantageous counts, and strikes out a lot. Question in the email from John about Trey Drombowski of the Houston Astros, 2022 fourth rounder out of Monmouth. And he, he asked if, like, how he's doing and should he be rated a little better than he is? He's, I'd say he's probably back half of the top or back part of last few in the top 30 for the Astros. Uh, 12 games, eight starts in low A Fayetteville for the Astros. Uh, he's 2-5 with a 3-6-4 ERA in 54 and a third innings. 73 strikeouts, 12.1 per nine, to 21 walks, 3.5 per nine, six home runs allowed. The thing that I like about Trey Dombrowski is the control and the sequencing are fantastic. He's probably a 70 grade on control. Sequencing is very, very good. He can locate everything in the arsenal. He can put it where he wants it. And his best pitch, the slider, it's a two-plane breaking slider, so it's diving down and away. He can throw it to both lefties and righties. He's comfortable with that. The issue for Dombrowski, the reason he's in the back half of the top 30, is his stuff isn't necessarily good enough. The fastball sits high 80s to low 90s. And yes, he's a lefty, so there's a little bit of an adjustment there, but he just needs to add more velocity to it. It's got ride. It's got some decent run to it. He just needs to add velocity. He doesn't have the power in this thing. The, the, the slider, again, I like the slider. He has a slower curveball, more of a vertical breaker, and a changeup that's not necessarily great. But he can sequence them all really well. He can locate them all really well. They're just not hard enough. So give him a little bit of time. 
in a minor league system, in a professional strength and development program. He's 22 years old. He's got some space in there to build some velocity. And I think you'll have a good ceiling of a guy who can be a back-end starter at the major league level. It all comes down to adding velocity and adding power into this arsenal because the stuff is good. The stuff moves well. It's just thrown. I mean, there's change-ups that are faster than Dombrowski's fastball. So a little bit of work there, but I do like what he does a lot. Sneaky Turtle in our Discord asked about Wilfredo and Tunez of the Cleveland Guardians. And I guarantee you I said that wrong because we always say names wrong on this show. Uh, 2019 IFA and missed a lot of time. Lost 2020, everybody did, but lost 2021 to a leg injury as well. So he got 15 games in rookie ball in the Dominican in 2019 and then didn't make it back to professional baseball until last year where he got 21 rookie ball games and five games in low A. So he started this year back in low A in Lynchburg. 39 games, 264, 364, 386. One home run, 11 extra base hits, 23 walks to 38 strikeouts in 39 games, and 7 to 10 on stolen bases. I love his speed. I think he's probably plus speed. I wouldn't put him higher than that, but plus speed, it doesn't always show up in the stolen base numbers. Again, 7 to 10 across 39 games, but it shows up defensively. He's an above-average defender in center field. So I like that. I think that he's good at working counts. So, you know, he, he's, he's really good at pitch recognition, drawing his walks, not chasing too much. And then he can consistently make hard contact, but he's not getting a lot of swing and miss in there. He's keeping the strikeouts to a reasonable level. Again, 38 and 39 games. So keeping the strikeouts to a reasonable level while still being able to get the power in there. A lot of this right now is physical development. A lot of this is getting the rust off and getting back into the pattern of facing professional pitching in professional baseball. So like the promise that he has, he just has to get more experience. And obviously you're going to be looking for the numbers. The goal is to get him into high A by the end of the year. Speaking of guys who have to get the rust off, we've got questions about Christian Robinson, and we'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Welcome back to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm Lindsey Crosby, and rapid fire, we've got a lot of questions here. Don't have everybody's name down because we're trying to get through these relatively quickly, but the first one came in about Christian Robinson of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So they signed him at age 16 uh, for like, what was it, like two and a half million dollars. And this is back in 2016, 2017. And he's been stuck in limbo. So obviously there was no 2020 season, but he had an encounter with law enforcement, uh, was charged with felony assault, couldn't get a visa. And so hasn't made it back to the States until this year. Uh, so he's, he's 22 years old. Uh, he, I, I believe they added him to the 40-man roster, but 13 games in low-A Vizalia once he finally was able to get back. He's batting 265, 379, 449. Two home runs, four extra base hits, five walks to 21 strikeouts in these 13 games, four for four on stolen bases. The power appears to be fine when you watch him in games. 
the big thing here when you watch him is he's obviously rusty. He's been able to do, like, he's been able to do informal game action, taking at bats, playing, like, you know, playing back home. He hasn't been able to be in a major league game against major league pitching, and that is obviously the issue. He's rusty. 21 strikeouts in 13 games. He's just not used to the sequencing. He's not used to the velocity. He's not used to what professional pitches look like. And I think that he he probably still has the same ceiling or a, a close to the same ceiling. The issue is he's just now behind on his development. He's 22 years old now in low A. And so you're going to have to use a 40-man roster spot on him. But I still think he can pan out. And I think he's probably going to be somebody who's still going to be in your... Uh, now that he's back stateside, he's still going to be in your top 20 prospects, or your, your top 30 prospects. I'm going to have him right around 20 or so, but it's all about just getting him at bats now, getting him chances to knock the rust off, get back into the flow of things, and continue the development. So hopefully Christian Robinson can do that. Got a question about Rainer Arias, outfielder for the San Francisco Giants, was uh, one of the most Des, like sought after players in the, the international free agency period was here for spring training. I like what he's been able to do. I think that when you look at him, corner outfielder, power hitting profile, but uh, he's relying right now on brute strength rather than very, really good bat speed. So I have questions about how well it's going to work when he faces elite velocity. Definitely something that you're going to have to work on. He, he was being developed as a center fielder. I do think he's going to end up being a corner outfielder, possibly first base, depending on what happens physical development-wise. But I do like the profile. I do think he can have an impact, obviously a long ways away. We don't really dive into a lot of guys doing, uh, doing Dominican or rookie ball where he is. But we're going to try to do a show coming up, hopefully later this week talking about some of the standouts early in rookie ball. Zach DeZenzo of the Houston Astros, a guy who has absolutely just blown up this year in a good way. So 2022 12th rounder out of Ohio State, uh, senior signee, got the $125,000 in the 12th round. You remember anything after the 10th round? Uh, you can offer, in essence, whatever you want, but anything over $125,000 counts against your pool. So, took him in the 12th round, $125,000, and opened the year, wasn't on top prospect lists. After having watched him for a few games, I honestly think he probably should be not only ranked in Houston's top 30 prospects, he should probably be one of Houston's top 10 prospects. Has been one of the better players in the minors for the Houston Astros. So, started off, he got like 20, like a month worth of games in low A Fayetteville last year after the draft. Did fine, 255, 342, 402. Nothing amazing. Four home runs, seven extra base hits. It was fine. Struck out 37 times in 27 games. They move him to high A Asheville to start this year. Destroyed. 407, 474, 628. Four home runs. 16 extra base hits in 31 games, so more than one every other game. 16 walks to 27 strikeouts, 6 of 8 on stolen bases. He gets promoted to A Corpus Christi, and he's continuing to hit. Now, he had a little bit of a drop-off in the numbers because it's 
the hardest level to adjust to that's not the majors, and small sample size. He's been there just over two weeks, 15 games. 321, 429, 491. One home run, six extra base hits, eight walks to 13 strikeouts, six for six on stolen bases. I really like the plate discipline. He's had really good plate discipline since he's been in the minors. I'm not going to say better than we thought he was going to have, but uh, exactly what you would expect from a Power 5 program guy who was there for four years, a senior, a senior when he was drafted. Uh, the, the, the power is really good, and his success has been driven not so much from a fantastic ability to make contact as it hit, has been really good plate discipline. Uh, the, the in-game power has looked to be above average. I think the ceiling is higher. His 90th percentile exit below is like 108 miles an hour. And so I think you're looking at something where it could be a 60 grade, maybe a 65 grade. As far as the power is concerned, he just has to be able to optimize the ability to make contact to get it into games. Defensively, he's moved off a shortstop. He's played some third base. He's played some second and first as well. Uh, I do think that having that utility ability in the profile would be helpful for him. There's a possibility. I think Baseball America maybe mentioned after he was drafted, they might have like he might eventually end up in left field or something like that. But I do think he's one of the guys, more so than anybody else in the minors, who has really raised their stock for first year guys. We're gonna try to do that show as well sometime this week, where we talk about uh, guys who were at their first year in professional baseball who have significantly raised their stock from where it was when they were drafted and entered. A couple other guys we got to knock out real quick. Right-hand pitcher Hayden Birdsong of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, 2022 sixth rounder. And I like what he does. I think it was Eastern Illinois. I, I like what he's been able to do so far. He was at low A San Jose. Got uh, 12 games, 10 starts, 216 ERA, 70 strikeouts, and 41 and two-thirds innings. So like 15 and change per nine innings walked 22 guys. So 4.75 or so per nine innings. And it's a fastball slider combo. Really good. I like the fastball slider combo. Has a curveball and a change as well. But the issues here is, one, the control's not fantastic, and that's where the walks come from. And then also, he doesn't trust the stuff enough. Like, he's not throwing the stuff for strikes enough and just expecting them to either swing and miss or blow it past them. He's a little too passive, and he's trying to throw a lot of his breaking stuff to the edges of the zone. He's trying to get people to chase out of the zone instead of trusting his stuff to blow past him. They just moved him up to high A Eugene. Hopefully, he's going to get a little bit better at some of that. I think he's made one start. It's not even worth looking at the stats yet. But want Hayden Birdsong to do that. I do like him. I do think he's probably somewhere around 15 to 18 in their top 30 if you were to update it midseason. Last guy, Anthony Vinziano, the lefty pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, 2019 10th rounder out of Coastal Carolina. So I believe he won a national championship while he was there. But really struggled last year when he was in double A. I mean, it's, he looked like he was going to explode. And he goes 6-9 and nine with a 5.72 ERA last year. So goes back to Northwest Arkansas this year. Looks really good. Eight starts, 5-1 and one record, 2.13 ERA. Strikes out 48 guys in 42 innings, so 10 and change per nine. 
He just got bumped up to AAA Omaha. Uh, it's a fastball changeup slider profile. I like the command. I like the control. It's something where the fastball changeup work really well together. He can locate the slider. We just need to see a little bit more velocity, a little bit more consistency. He has the mental side right. He's attacking hitters. Uh, he's, he's throwing stuff in the zone and making them beat it. It's just he's got to be able to hold that velocity in games. He'll open up 96 miles an hour on the fastball, and it drops a bit as the outing goes on. So it has to work on being able to maintain the velocity. But I like what I see from Anthony Vinziano. If you were to re-rate Kansas City, he's probably a top 10 prospect in that system right now, one of the best movers as far as pitchers goes, and he's now in AAA, so you might see him later this year. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, we do mailbags every single Monday. Again, best way to get a hold of us is our subtext. Link is in the episode description. Stay tuned every day. Tomorrow, we have a crossover with our friend Ethan from Locked on Pirates talking about some of their prospects that have been that have debuted this year, some of their top prospects in the system, as well as what they should do in the MLB draft this summer. But in the meantime, until then, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. (laughs) 